0: From the east side to the west, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight we talk winning just enough for the guards, the crazy week that was in the NBA, more summer hot shots, and we close the show off the field with a deep dive into graduation season. I am joined tonight by two of the best ever my co-hosts phil danko and chuck rambaldo are here fellas is this the best monday night of the week so far what
1: <laughs> yes
2: <laughs> yeah, five out of five <laughs> no doubt for sure
0: <laughs> excellent i agree let's get rolling with our first segment we'll stay at home we'll start with our guardians week cap our look back at last week's guardians baseball and i think the guards were pretty, pretty okay this week. Guards did exactly what you should do against the worst team ever, taking all three games from the poor fucking Oakland A's. Over the weekend, the guards got creamed once, came back once, and let a late one slip away Sunday against the Brewers. Guards finished the week at 37 and 40, two games behind the surging Minnesota Twins, who are now a game over 500. So, what's your week, Cap?
2: To come from behind wins and timely hitting and pretty solid starting pitching and the bullpen looked pretty good. Mostly they won more games than I thought they would when we did this
1: last week. It feels good, but it's still kind of, eh. We said this a couple of weeks ago. I'll take a four and two week, any which way you can get it. Right. I mean, that's, that's what the, this team has to string together and they did it, but man, it was really close to being like one out of three games against Oakland. Thank God they pulled it off in every game, as they should against that team. I mean, Oakland helped the one time by imploding in that eighth inning. It was one of the best stat lines I think I've ever seen. It was two wild pitches and four walks. (laughs) Like, wow. (laughs) All right. Then, you know, against Milwaukee, two of the games were good. You really felt like had they gotten that game yesterday, it would have made a huge difference in how we felt about the week. Because then you're talking about a five and one week. Like, whoa. All right. We haven't seen one of those yet. So I, I don't want to shit all over a four and two week. We need as many four and two weeks as we could possibly string together to catch the, the twins. But I agree with Chuck a little bit. Like, I, I there no part of this week was I like, oh, that's impressive. Bo Naylor had two hits in a game. That was nice to see.
0: I think a lot of it rests on the fact that they couldn't pull out that game on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, if they come back again late and they had held on and they had won that one, that would have been pretty impressive. It would have capped off a good week. It doesn't really bother me that the games against Oakland were tight. Like, sometimes you just got to win close games. Yeah, you want and them. Yeah, win them. Yeah, yeah, you want them. You know, so, like, I don't think you look at it and say, well, it's it's not that good a week because they only barely swept the A's. Like, they got a sweep. They they beat a Major League Baseball team three times in a row. They had uniforms and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're really bad. There's no doubt about that. Please don't mistake this for my belief that Oakland is better than people think they are. They are not. They're probably worse than a lot of us think they are. But you took three. You played tough this weekend. You know, that, that one game Friday night was really ugly, and that was just kind of one of those nights where nothing was going right. But I did like the hitting. I did like the offense that the guards put out there pretty much every game. I would like it to start a little bit earlier in the games. You know, it seems like we don't get rolling until after the sixth inning anymore, and that's a dangerous thing to try to do all season. But overall, hard to be upset with four wins, uh, no matter who they come against. Looking back at the last 30 days, Naylor, J-Ram, and Will Brennan, all hitting above 330. Rosario, Juan Jimenez, all kind of around 270. Josh Bell had four home runs in the last 30 days. This is starting to look a lot more like the offense we wanted in the spring. Is this sustainable?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I don't know if hitting over 330 is sustainable. That's that's going to be a, a tough ask for anyone on this team. But those guys you mentioned hitting around 300, I, I hope that's sustainable for the rest of the season. And then your second tier of guys hitting 270, 275, you know, timely hits are more important than those guys hitting over 300. If they're hitting 275 and doing it consistently, I'm okay with that. I, I think that kind of offensive production, if they can maintain that the rest of the year, we pass up these Minnesota twins in the next four weeks.
0: We're going to get to it, Phil. it going be a lot sooner than that.
2: I think I would flop two guys there. In I can see it be s- sustainable for Jose Ramirez, and I'd like Jimenez to come up to that level and probably Naylor will come back down a little bit to that like 270 range. And even there, if Naylor stays at 270 and hits the way he is, I, yeah. I'd, I'd I'd be really happy. About I I don't know, you know, like I believe Ramirez can do it because he has the track record for us. Um, Naylor, I think's having a great year, so I, I don't see why it couldn't be sustainable. You know, Brennan maybe not, but the only thing, you know, like we're I was going to say, hey man, there's no outfielders really in there. And that's what concerns, there has to be some production there. I don't know what the level is below 270, let's say maybe 250 for those guys. I I don't know if we'd be happy there, but I I think for, again, Ramirez and Jimenez, upper echelon, if they're sustainable, I'd probably be happy. The other guys floating around the 270, 250 is just kind
0: of icing on the cake. I can't imagine Naylor and Will Brennan are going to stay that hot. They're going to come back down to earth at some point. J-Ram should hit around 300. I don't think that's an unreasonable expectation for him. What makes the current run of offense, which feels like for the last couple weeks, they've started scoring runs again, more games than not. Certainly, they still got their games where they're only scoring one or they're they're getting shut out still. But it seems like the, the offense is getting better, and I think the overall production of the offense is sustainable because I really think Quan and Jimenez are both Going to increase that batting average. I feel like Jimenez has been hitting the ball really well lately. I was actually surprised that his his average over the last seven to ten days wasn't higher because it seems like he's hitting the ball really well. And I still believe so much in Quan that I expect he's going to get that average up. So, like you guys are saying, like Naylor's going to settle down. God, if that dude hit 280, hit 285, that'd be fantastic. But I think he settles down. I think Brennan does, uh, and those other guys keep going and rosario maybe just keeps hitting enough so that we can't trade him <laughs> maybe last week saw the debut of number one pitching prospect gavin williams williams was born after we finished college and is almost an entire foot taller than me his fastball averages 97 miles an hour he also throws a slider curveball and changeup. Uh, in the game on Wednesday night, he went five and two thirds innings, gave up four hits, four earned runs. Scale of one to five, one being old Logan Allen, five being new Logan Allen. What do you think of this start? <laughs> you know what? I, I'm actually,
2: I'll probably give it a four because new Logan Allen's better than old Logan Allen, right? Yeah. Yes. I've, I I know the scale. I got the scale. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna give it a four. His best pitch, at least right now, is that is that four seam fastball and that's good at a major league level, but even if he's throwing 103, guys can hit it. Uh, so I'd like to see him develop a little bit more. I know he was a little bit shaky, but then he settled in. I think he retired 10 of 12. That's a really good start for a guy making his major league debut. So I'm a, I'm at a four.
1: Yeah, I was at a four as well. Um, he had one bad inning and and really he put up, he put up zeros for his first two innings, had one bumpy inning and then put up zeros for two more innings and got us Deep enough into a game in his major league debut where we needed to get the start, the starter needed to get us into the sixth inning, and he did exactly that. The one bad inning aside, uh, here's a kid that is, as we've discussed, up with the big league team way too soon. Uh you, you know, I don't think they they were relying on that guy before the all-star break of this season, right? Yeah. Uh he comes up, he's six six, two fifty, righty. Like he looks the part. He's still got a lot of uh, y- you know. Just fine-tuning and, and learning how to pitch rather than just throw, I think. He could have easily crumbled after giving up that three-run shot in yeah. the middle of his start, and he did not. He came out there and put zeros on the board and let the team get back into it, and ultimately that was a game that we won.
0: This kind of echoes some of the things we've said about the young players all season long is that we love a guy who can come back from some adversity, get the game back under control, and keep going. And he definitely did that. Stuff is electric. I mean, 97, 98 sometimes, three other pitches that he can throw pretty well, although the changeup might not quite be there yet as like an out pitch or a strikeout pitch or something like that. But overall, man, I think you got to be impressed with the guy. It is just another one of these young arms that shouldn't be ready, but but looks like he is. Speaking of arms, uh, the Shane Bieber trade radar is still on. Uh, And he had another one of these weird starts where he looked really good for five innings and then completely fell apart and got shelled. Where is the Shane Bieber trade radar for you right now?
1: Well, I know last week I, I said that I reversed course on that because of the McKenzie injury. That was before uh, I saw Gavin Williams pitch and Tanner Bobby throw another good out, you know, these guys. So I get it. Like I, we've got to move this guy. I think what it really falls on now that the, we need Tito to be looking at this trade radar and get him out of there one inning sooner than he's yeah. been getting him, leaving yeah. him out that, that way. He five innings of shutout baseball. Hey, this Even guy's really solid. Him, <laughs> yeah, maybe right. just yank him. We, and early that, early, and we win know. a game or two in there. <laughs> yeah. We're right behind the Twins. I don't know if Shane Bieber on this roster helps us win the division any more than trading him at the height of his value. I guess right. So I, I kind of am swinging back towards they're trading him during this season, especially if they can get a get a haul. It's a weird start because he was
2: phenomenal until that yeah. inning untouchable eight eight k's he had eight k's and
1: then that's the film you send out to all the yes (laughs) (laughs) have
0: you seen this yeah i i can do film editing (laughs) so i'm happy to edit that game down (laughs) cut out the last inning and send it to uh the yankees and the dodgers we've been talking
2: about trading him and and that's the right move here but the other side of it is is if, if you really trade him you're kind of admitting here that that a playoff run is unlikely but it's committing to fixing probably some of their power issues if that happens. Because i thinking about, I'm trying to think like we were saying either last week or the week before, you got to trade him for somebody who's MLB ready, who can contribute now. But like those trades don't really happen in the middle of the season, you know, like you're getting prospects. So uh, I still think you, you got to let him go at some point. You, you have to get something in return for him. But it's not like they're raising a white flag because I still think the roster can compete after the all-star break without him or whenever they trade him. But you, you're admitting here that it's unlikely they're going to make the postseason.
0: I think I need something other than trade radar. In the end, that doesn't really work very well. Uh, I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board on that. But I think what we're finding on the radar is still plenty of options to trade him. That's what radars do. They find stuff. So I think that's what, that's where I'm at. There's still a lot of good reasons to trade this guy. (laughs) I actually don't think he, he makes or breaks a playoff run. For the guardians because in the end i just don't think the twins are very good and if we could get some offense back i understand what you're saying chuck and i agree with you but if we get somebody who could add a little bit of pop to this lineup it actually may do more for them uh, to get them into the playoffs. so we'll see i'm still all in for sure on the on the idea that they're going to trade him uh this season rather than next moving on How about our MVG, our most valuable guard of the last week? We'll start where we often do with J-Ram. He hit 391. He had nine hits, three walks, and 23 at-bats. Hit for the cycle over the course of the week. Next one, Josh King-Edward, the long nads, nailer. He really needs to get into a a (laughs) slump. We're in big trouble. The long nads hit 320 (laughs) with two home runs and two doubles this week. Eli, the makeover Morgan. He had three appearances, three innings. Everything else in his stat line was zeros. He was awesome this week. Last one, Tanner Bybee, 1-0, 1.50 ERA, six innings, only one earned run in his start. Who's your MVG? know it feels like a lot when we do this for the browns too like i try to pick somebody other than nick chubb and i do
2: that a lot with jose with Ramirez. i I do it a lot this year but to me like this is like two or three weeks where he is absolutely killing the ball and making some really good defensive plays too by the way this week um you know like he's he's our dude man and i should give him this award more often but i try to be cool and hip and don't but he's my guy this (laughs) week
1: (laughs) J-Ram is definitely d- deserving of that award this week. Um, I will go with long ads. <laughs> Naylor, you know, it's really man, it's awful. Both of those guys, J-Ram and Naylor, getting all that offensive production out of the three and four slot is huge. Like, finally, we're getting our offensive production out of the middle of the lineup. So I'll give it to Naylor. He had two doubles, two home runs, four ribbies, hit 320 for the week. I mean, the guy was... He's been doing this week in and week out here recently. And yes, J-Ram deserves the award almost every week, but I'm going to give it to someone else because why not? Um, But again, it's hard for me because our boy had four hits. Josh Bell had four hits this week. Half of them were (laughs) extra base hits. Half of them. Yeah, man, we're getting so
0: close. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I know. One week, Josh Bell, you will win this award.
0: I promise you. Oh boy, I think I'm going to give it to Bybee. Uh, that was a really solid start. Again, every time one of these young guys can put together one of those starts, it's a big help to the team um, because that starting rotation is 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 weakened right now. Um, so I think I think the Bybee start was really important. I'm going to give it to him. Although, again, like the offense really was what drove the team. Um, good on J Ram and King Edward, the Long nads, nailer as well. <laughs> That might be the peak joke. I Mm -hmm. might not be able to do this joke anymore. I might not be getting better than that one. Hey, let's look ahead to next week. Guards hit the road Tuesday night for three in Kansas City, followed by three against the Cubs in Chicago. This week, the Twins are in Atlanta and then Baltimore. Mm. So, Guardians, in first place by close of business Friday, are you taking the before or after? And yes, essentially, I'm guaranteeing they'll be in first place by the end of the week. They play Atlanta first, the Twins.
2: Yep. And that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say before you got to beat the Royals. And I actually saw the Cubs for the first time this year because they played in London, so the game was on at like 10 a.m. this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, this will be great. I, I didn't realize they're they're not that good. That man, I'm being really ultra positive about the guards this week. I'm saying we're in first by, by before Friday.
0: Close of business on Friday. So you get Friday's game too. I'll take, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take before.
1: Uh, not only will we be in first before Friday, but I think at the end of the weekend, we're going to be four games up on the twins. How about that? (laughs)
0: Yikes!
1: (laughs) We're going to go six and they're going to go. Oh, and six. (laughs) No.
0: Oh, the irrational confidence is everywhere tonight. (laughs) I love it.
1: I'm going to, honestly, I'm going to say after Friday, but by time we record next week, I think we've got the edge on the twins after those six games.
0: I got to be enthusiastic about this. I'm going to take the before as well. I think they can get enough wins in Kansas city. Hopefully the Braves beat up on the twins and uh, we can make up that space. And by the time we go to bed, well, not me, maybe not by the time I go to bed on Friday, but the time when a lot of adults go to bed on Friday, the guardians will be in first place (laughs) fellas with that. We're going to wrap up this segment. We're going to take our first break. Come back, head out on the road, talk some hoops. Welcome back, fellas. Let's head out on the road. The NBA draft was last week, and as big a deal as that was, the trades that went down before the draft may have been just as important during a hectic couple of NBA days. Let's start with the draft uh, the top pick was not news. Victor Wembanyama went first. The top five also pretty much went as expected. What I want to start with is a look at some of those other Eastern Conference teams that may be building and may be a threat to uh, stand in the Cavs' way of getting into playoffs or the finals uh, next year. So, Charlotte Hornets drafted Brandon Miller at two. And they had another first-round pick late. Pistons got Azur Thompson at five. Magic had a couple of top fifteen picks. The Heat had a top twenty pick. The Pacers had two first-round picks. Of the Cavs' potential rivals in the East for next season, who do you think had the best draft night?
1: Let, let's say the Pacers because they had they had multiple picks and one of their picks were in the top ten, and they they have a pretty good roster. Like they were young and. That, that was not an easy team to match up against already. They've got something in there. Maybe they're like a year or two behind what our Cavs are, right? Like that's kind of what they're building in Indiana. So I'm, I'm going to lean towards the Pacers because I remember us talking about their the talent of their youth even last season. I'm going
2: gonna, I'm gonna to go the same way because the, the kid they drafted in the top 10 from Houston is really good defensively, and so is their other guard. So that would bode – bad for the Cavs because the Cavs have good guards I, i'm just gonna say them they're a team that we thought would be shit last year and they were not shit so if you have a good draft i know the second kid they took from belmont i don't know anything about belmont other than i think a lot of nashville <laughs> musicians went there i think it's a good musician school not a good basketball school uh but the pacers why not
0: you know i worry a lot about what the pistons might be putting together because they've had a couple good drafts recently the Magic also definitely hit on uh, Paulo, the guy they took last year high. Uh, and to get a couple more picks in the top 15, man, you're still getting a lot of talent in the top 15. I'd like I to kinda kinda think it's the <laughs> 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 Um, I, I think the yeah. Magic are going to be, the, the Magic might be one of those teams that's ready to break out. Kind of like what you're saying, like the Cavs were maybe like two years ago, where people aren't Quite expecting to see him make a leap, but they may be they may be doing it. That is starting to be um, a pretty young, pretty talented roster. Denko do you want another shot at your your decision?
1: Yeah, I'm lo- I'm looking at this now, and the Magic had two picks in the top twelve, and they kept both of them. And the team I chose, and Chuck chose, the Pacers. It looks like they traded their seventh pick, <laughs> like they drafted a guy <laughs> and then traded him to the Wizards. So perhaps the Magic had the best. <laughs> draft of the of our of our potential rivals who knows none of these uh, they're who knows everything is fine everything is fine <laughs> everything is fine these are rookies
0: i think the pacers were swapping players though they mm-hmm. weren't like losing picks so they were still getting to like top 15 top 20 players in this year's draft so they i i think the pacers and the magic were probably the two best charlotte's you know, Brandon Miller pick is good, and they had another first-round pick, but they're so far from being a contender that, you know, you're not even that worried about them. Let's look back at home. Let's talk Cavs draft. Cavs took Amani Bates from Eastern Michigan at 49. They picked up Craig Porter from Wichita State and Larry Nance's other son, Pete, as Pete. undrafted players. What do you think of these additions for the Cavs?
1: I like that we keep the Nance family in the house. It's always good to see Larry (laughs) senior roaming around at the, at the games. Um, So I I think that's, that's great. I think this might be really good players for the charge is what I think (laughs) is what we're looking at here. And and that's okay. That's absolutely okay. When you, when your first pick is 49th and you're in the second round, you just roll the dice. I mean, there's no, there's there's no risk there; it's all reward. So roll the dice on on a on a kid that was top five in the country coming out of high school and just underwhelmed in college, and he's 19. So all right, let him develop. Who knows what he may turn into? But it won't matter for the next three years. So good on the Cavs.
2: When you're drafting that late, what do you take? You take you take a guy. You I guess you address something. It's a forward who can actually shoot. Uh, we we don't have many of those on this roster, but. You know, like I know he can score in bunches. He he put up a lot against Michigan, a real college basketball team. He had twenty or more in twelve games this year. Great at Eastern Michigan or wherever he played from. But but Phil's right. This is a two way contract, dude. He's like Mobley's bro. He might get a couple games this year, but it, maybe we should go to a charge game and and see how these guys develop. But I, I don't think he he does much for this roster.
0: Yeah, Denko definitely took my joke cuz I was going to say that this draft was going to have a huge impact on the charge <laughs> and not much else. Yeah. I don't think any of these guys are going to be effective on the Cavs team this year. Like Bates is exactly what you're saying. It's it's a shot in the dark at a guy that, you know, has a very talented pedigree but hasn't really produced. He's also like 6'7" 170. Which, like, wow, man, like, we really need to find a way to put some weight on that dude because that's really, really skinny and that's going to get him beat up at the NBA level. You love to see what might come. Like, what is the upside of a guy who, like, that who might be an electric scorer if you can get his game in shape for the NBA and you can get his head on straight? I think there's some maturity issues that were a concern there. Craig Porter apparently fills it up at Wichita State. I don't know. I've never seen any Wichita (laughs) State games. Don't remember if they made the the tournament. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty shocking. Uh, So (laughs) I would say I I guess we're all in agreement. This is a nice draft to get some pieces that maybe you can develop on the charge. The way they did with um, Diakite, the way they're doing with Mobley's brother. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, Imani Bates seemed to be the guy that everybody – wanted selected at that spot. Looks like a smart move by the Cavs doing what they can with the 49th pick. As I said earlier, leading up to the draft there were some pretty big trades and it seemed like the Wizards were involved in all of them. Uh, we talked last week about the Bradley Beal trade that netted the Wizards Chris Paul among other things. Before the draft, the Wizards were part of the three-team deal that sent Kristaps Porzingis to the Celtics, Marcus Smart to the Grizzly, Tyus Jones and others to the Wizards. Scale of one to five, one being when the Cavs traded Ron Harper for Danny Ferry, five being when the Cavs traded Dion Waiters and ended up with J.R. Smith and Shumpert. How pissed are you that the Celtics got Przingis and two first round picks for shitty Marcus Smart?
2: It's <laughs> a good scale. I'm trying. You got a little in the weeds on the lot, on the end of it. So one's bad, five's good. That's all I need to know. Which one? Yeah. Those remember the, like
0: the, I think it was 2016. They traded Dion Waiters and they got Smith and Shumpert. And J.R. Smith is Cleveland basketball legend now.
2: I have a a friend who's a Celtic fan. And he's always said that Marcus Smart's overrated. And it's a move, I guess, the Celtic. They needed size. We were saying that they need need size. And Porzingis has size and he can also shoot. At least he was a unicorn for like one or two years in New York. And then after that, he's played for like 10 or five. I don't know how many teams he's played for, but. I don't know if I, I'd be pissed the Celtics had to do something. The Grizzlies get a better player to, to fill in a little bit before Ja comes back. And that's a formidable roster. And then the, the wizard just trade somebody and get somebody and then trade him again before he's even there. So I, I, I guess it's a good trade for everybody.
1: <laughs> NBA trades are weird, man. <laughs> they yeah. just, yeah, they're just weird. Um, you know, on that scale from the Celtics point of view, I guess I'd put it at like right now, today, a four, you address, you address the need. You get a big guy that showed he could shoot a couple of years ago. I don't, I don't know about Porzingis. Like he's, he's kind of a, an odd dude to figure out. Like you thought he was about to go on like a, a Jokic run, right? Like that's the guy you thought you were seeing and he just didn't turn into that guy. Um, and you get two first round picks in addition to that. So you've got yeah. your, you got your future oh. addressed as well. So you give up a guy like Marcus Smart, who, Again, you know, he's kind of a, I I don't know, like he's a, he's that energy guy that kind of, you love to hate him or you hate him, or I don't know what you move that guy and you get a a starting big and who knows what those two first round picks turn into. So I'll put it up on that scale.
0: This is a one. Hmm. I'm so pissed. I'm so pissed. Like I did not understand
1: your scale. (laughs) The Celtics
0: got, the Celtics got better. And, and gave up a guy that really wasn't that big a help to them in the playoffs. Marcus Smart's had a really cool career with them, but was he, not the guy he how pissed off was. we were. Yes. Oh, yeah. see, the scales,
1: the layers, the yeah. onion. You're <laughs> in yeah. onion. You're like, uh,
0: like, I'm pissed because the Celtics, I think, got better, and they got some pieces that they can either trade or um, they can draft somebody. Uh, In coming years, it's going to help them fill in spots, and that just makes it that much harder for the Cavs. So I'm a solid one when the Cavs traded Ron Harper for Danny Ferry, even though Danny Ferry is one of my favorite players of all time. (laughs) But listen, the Wizards still weren't done. Before CP3 even had a chance to learn any magic tricks, he was on the move to the Warriors in exchange for Jordan Poole and a couple of future picks. What do you think this trade means for the Warriors as contenders next year?
1: They were kind of getting long in the tooth, and they just got older. I, I think it puts them squarely where they were. Like they're probably kind of in the middle of the pack of the West now. They've got supreme talent and some aging veterans. I don't know that CP3 makes them better all of a sudden. I I, I think it keeps them right where they're at.
2: It's a weird trade because nobody gets better by getting older, right. no matter what sport you're playing in. Except no for one. us. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true.
1: Podcasting?
0: <laughs> not what i he's was talking a, about
2: he's a really good old guard like he's always i understand what you're saying he's always been really good but the trade was interesting to me because jordan Poole is a really good young basketball player yeah right and i get that there was tension there and draymond green punched him in the face and that season went downhill from there and draymond's a free agent they want to bring him back so essentially what i'm seeing is you're choosing draymond green over jordan Poole. So this is like the last ride of Steve Kerr and these dudes, because I can't believe they would get rid of a player like Jordan Poole, and I'm not taking anything away from Chris Paul, but Phil's right. How does he make this team better? You know, like he's a pass first guy. Great. He's going to get to shooters. Okay. In, in three years, Jordan Poole still there being a productive NBA player, where most of the guys on this roster do not. And I don't know why I'm arguing for it, because I hate them.
0: So who cares how bad this goes yeah. for them? It just doesn't make sense. Scale of one me. to five, how pissed are you? Not pissed at all. Ron Harper. Uh, you guys are looking at it exactly the same way I did. This just makes them older. And it's another injury-prone guy that you're putting in with Clay and Steph and maybe... Draymond at like four years for a hundred million. You've just got guys who are getting older and are more prone to getting injured. And how does that in the long run make you better or give you a better chance? And it's strange. Cause I think when they won the title last, well, two seasons ago, they two won the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we talked about it and we talked about how like, Oh shit, these guys were like reloading on the fly because of guys like pool and uh cominga and some of these other guys and now they're kind of giving up on that and all of a sudden i think chuck's right it's like they've made a call that we got a window of maybe two or three more years with this core and then it's over and that just seems like a strange choice to me but and and this deal seems like a strange way to go about it so i'm not huge on this deal but i hope the warriors suck are you disappointed the Cavs weren't involved in any trades this week
1: No, I'm not disappointed. I like, this is not the time of the NBA cycle where you trade your bench guys to try to find that starter or package some guy, you know, it's, it's, you're getting draft picks, you're getting marquee names, whatever. So I'm kind of relieved they weren't involved because I think if they were a lot of the, a lot of what you're reading anyway, was us moving like a Jared Allen, or at least people were interested in Jared Allen. And that's a huge mistake. You don't trade that 25 or 26-year-old dude that's going to you know, work his ass off for you on both ends of the court. So I'm glad they they kind of stood pat. I, I think now you get into, are there some free agency type moves or, or trades? So I'm okay that they were not involved in this draft week trade frenzy.
2: I'm livid. They didn't trade up to number one and take like <laughs> Well, there yeah. Opportunity's there. Why didn't they do that? No, man. Like, I'm not mad at all. Like, they, they, they have, they stood pat during the season. They're standing pat here, not really making anything. And, and me and Gert were talking about this before you got on that. I, I saw like the, the Tobias Harris ask from the Cavs was Alan Mobley in draft picks. And what? Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Can't be. Exactly. What? what? Uh, right. Like, if we got Otani back for those yeah, two, yeah, then that's we, okay. Yeah. Right. You're getting yeah. a two way dude to could play. <laughs> <laughs> multiple positions. no I mean like it it's it's the smart move here for the Cavs. Uh you can address bench the further down the line, but yeah, they don't have any draft picks anyway. So uh, unless you're going up to take a guy who's going to contribute immediately and make you a championship caliber team, uh stay where you're at and keep building what you're doing.
1: I mean look at how the East playoffs panned out this year. The, the Cavs have potentially four all-stars in their starting five. And the way the East playoffs panned out, all right, you got that experience. Like, just take the next step with these
0: guys. I think the issue with that is that all these other teams are going to still be getting better. And so I agree, like, okay, we didn't need to make any trades because there weren't any trades to be made right now, but they better be adding pieces in free agency because I don't know if it's going to be enough to rely on, hey, we got another year of experience and we got another round of playoff experience we're just going to ride on our guys taking another step up. That that might not be enough if, like, the heat trades for Dame, you know? Like, these teams are all going to keep trying to get better. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous if they if they don't make any moves in free agency and you, you see them just sticking with what they've got. Um, because I think the rest of the league is going to continue to get better. And like I said, I think the Celtics got better last week some of these other teams with the draft got better and you know um, I think the Cavs are going to have to add some things I think they probably will but the East is going to be tough again I think and they're going to have to be ready to improve a lot if they're not going to add any new pieces but enough talking NBA why don't we do another round of our summer hot shots our hot takes from around the sports world the Angels GM came out this week and said the team would not be trading Shohei Otani this season. The Angels are 42 and 36, six games out of first, and behind most of the East for a wild card spot. Is this guy full of truth or full of shit? He's gotta be full of shit, man. Like you gotta be, because if you let
2: arguably the best baseball player we've ever witnessed with our eyes in our lifetime just skedaddle without getting anything in return
0: just to protect your second place yeah. finish yes yeah, the yeah, <laughs> great right.
2: there, there isn't a job in baseball all the way down to t-ball that that guy will have after that so uh
0: yeah he's lying phil would you let him run your kids uh playoffs <laughs> for, their, for their t-ball team
1: baker mayfield is our starting quarterback that's <laughs> <Yes>, right <Yep. laughs> that's it yep. right there he can say whatever he wants he is full of shit uh, you, you move that guy now full of shit for sure.
0: It is lying season early for Otani because he's getting moved. All right. Last one. Ice Cube came out with a video last week going after mainstream media and the NBA for not supporting the big three, his three on three league. Do you think the NBA and media need to conspire to make the big three unpopular? <laughs>
1: I watched this video and and you know it, it it hit my feet on something I don't know what it is Twitter or something like that and you know I'm a I'm a fan of Ice Cube as a as a artist and an actor and I watched this video and this video was so long I'm like what are you complaining about man and then I thought the same thing I'm like there is no way the NBA is conspiring to make the 3 on 3 Ice Cube league any less than what it is and it's fine for what it is it's white man can't jump indoors is what it is. I don't think they need to conspire. Is that, I think that was what the question yeah. was, right? Yeah. The mainstream
2: yeah. media. Yeah. Them. Yeah. I don't think they need to, but I don't know if you know this. Conspiracy theories are super hot right now. So <laughs> I think. Oh, really? Where? <laughs> everywhere. Uh, but So I think ice cubes trying just to ride that wave where, you know, fake news and conspiracy is truth. So uh, I, I know we don't talk that way on this podcast so i'm just going to say no they're, they're not going to conspire against the big three uh because are such a threat to the nba
1: wait are they trying to is he trying to just get the Suns to join his join his should. league is that what it is because they can only play not. with three guys with their salaries
0: i don't think the big three is more popular or less popular than it should be it's exactly where it should be and it has nothing to do with the nba and mainstream media and on that note fellas We are going to close out this segment. We are going to take our final break, come back, head off the field, and get into graduations. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We're going to head off the field, and we are right in the middle of graduation season. Phil and I just attended a graduation party this weekend for the Baby Iceman, and we are in a stretch of weeks Where there are one of these to crash pretty much every Saturday. So let's talk graduation parties. Michigan is culturally very different from Ohio. Did you know graduation parties in Michigan are called open houses? I did not know that. Thank you. How many square feet is it? (laughs) Very funny. Very funny. It's actually the first thought I had when somebody invited me to work. It's like, you want to come to an open house? I'm like, why? I have a house. It's a pain in my ass right now. I'm not interested in getting another one. Yeah. Yeah. Looking back, did you have a graduation party when you graduated from high school? And if you did, was it family? Was it family and friends? Or did your parents just go out of town a bunch like mine did the summer of 1995?
2: (laughs) I would
0: consider mine yours
2: at your house because I don't think I did have
1: one. I'm yes, pretty you sure did. I did? Yes, you did. Oh, yeah. Really? I'll, I, I it, knew you We'll get remember, to it. We'll get okay? to it.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't I have no recollection of it because I, I can remember me like oh, I'm going to get paid. I'm going to get some real money from people. Uh, I don't remember doing that. So I'm glad Phil remembers
0: that at a party. Hey, Phil, can you tell Chuck about his graduation party? I
1: can because it was on the same day as mine. Oh, um, and, and this is why I remember it because your graduation party was at, at Whirly Ball. It was it, it was and i left my own graduation oh, party no. at my house <laughs> to go to your graduation party because it was whirly ball oh, <laughs> man. but i i mean so i had a small one girls like it was like mostly family none none of the high school friends it was really a kind of family it was a quick thing lunch at the house at my mom's house and you know and then after i ate i got my car and drove to whirly ball <laughs> for nice. just graduation which I'll be honest, man. I, I I don't feel great about, I feel bad. I feel like I owe my mom an apology, but I do recall when I got there, like it was, it was like a string of some of the best whirly ball
0: we've ever played.
1: Oh, so that's I, good. I am conflicted. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I think the only time I ever played whirly ball was at your graduation party, Chuck. So I, yeah, I, I remember yours the- too. I'm going to call my mom when we, when we're done uh, and ask about it. it.
1: It was, it was the graduation party. It was oh. phenomenal
0: my my party was like yours dink it was just family basically i don't think anybody uh any of the guys came or or any friends came and it was pretty small it was in the backyard i think i wore a tie it was beautiful lot. it might have been like it might have been like after or the same weekend of the graduation itself or something like that but it was it was pretty low-key i did not have one of those huge ones where a whole bunch of people come even anything as big as what we were at this weekend phil it was nothing like that yeah so when your kids are graduating from high school and Mm -hmm. both of you have pretty young kids you got a long way to go (laughs) Uh, so i'm not gonna hold you to this answer (laughs) but um are you going to be the no graduates can drink parents or the you can drink but you need to leave your keys with us parents
1: (laughs) i'm gonna be so old (laughs) <laughs> i will not know what's going on around oh. me uh um, no to answer your question
0: I, so you're going to be like 55 didn't we figure this out this weekend
1: is that right when logan graduates, well, I guess when logan right. graduates yeah, nine years yeah. nine years i'll be 55
0: yeah. so oh yeah you're right i'll be i'll be i good. hope you still know what's going on
1: i will absolutely know what's going on so to answer your question you know i'm um, uh, this this is gonna <laughs> i don't know like i don't want to be that no graduates can drink guy, but at the same time, like, I don't want to, all right, everyone hand in your keys, you're staying here and get, get hammered, dude, either. These are 18 year olds, right? Like that's, that's not good. In nine years, ask me again. I don't know. I'll probably just make sure everyone's safe. I don't know what that means. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know how to answer that. I'll fall somewhere between the two, I guess. Like, I'm not going to overly worry about it, but I'm not going to just take everyone's car keys and say, stay at my house and get hammered.
0: Your hypocrisy knows no bounds because I know for <laughs> sure you and I went to multiple parties where they took our keys and just let us drink um, and and stay the night there. Uh, you would, never
1: th- once th- took my keys and most of the parties were at your house. I just stayed <laughs> yeah. there anyway, but no, I do recall I, I like guarantee- a couple parents. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. There's no names, yeah. no names, yeah. but there's two families for sure. I know we went to yeah. where they
0: did. That. Yep. I think um, I can think of three. I
1: just don't know. if I don't know. Uh, you, you put me on the spot and I don't know if that's how I feel about it right now. I don't know if I want to be that guy. I'm gonna be so old, man. <laughs> You're doing the math on it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, when Chip's
2: three, Charlie's gonna be one next month. Oh man, um, I'm, years. yeah, I'm hoping.
0: Are you gonna be retired by the time your kids I graduate God. from? School? Probably not. Taking <laughs> social
2: security.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be AARP, but I'll still
2: be working. <laughs> I'm gonna assume that there'll be some sort of technological advancement. By that point for alcohol or whatever it is that uh, I don't think I'll have to take any keys or maybe there's some sort of magic potion that you sober up very quickly. But I'm assuming I'm going to be cooler because I can remember a few times in my life. uh, We were older, though, wasn't high school, like college, where my my parents were okay as long as. Everyone stay, was staying, yeah, right? Yeah. Yep. So I think I'll, I'll, I think I'll go that
0: route. So Denko's a hypocrite, and Chuck is relying on technology changing alcohol, <laughs> yeah. which hasn't changed in like two hundred <laughs> years or something like that.
1: <laughs> I'm not saying I won't let them drink. I just don't know about taking their keys. Like I don't know. I yeah. Yeah.
0: I, don't, so I, I guess you. I. Am. I get you. There's, there's, there's absolutely a range there. Although I would say that if it were me, I think I'd feel more comfortable taking the keys than expecting yeah. a teenager who doesn't have a lot of experience drinking to be able to monitor themselves appropriately and and then drive. You know, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't buy that. For what it's worth, uh, we had one graduation party for our kids and we didn't even do it like at the house. We did like a dinner at a restaurant and she, my daughter brought a bunch of her friends and we had a bunch of family in for the graduation and stuff. So the kids weren't allowed to drink because- We weren't at home, but I wouldn't have minded. I think I would have, I think I still would be the, um, you can drink, but leave your keys here. However, I'm hundred percent sure my wife would not allow any of that. So (laughs) I can still be cool and not a hypocrite and not have to deal with any of the downside because my wife won't let it happen. All right, let's move on to some more graduation party specific things. What is the appropriate amount of cash to give to a high school graduate as a gift in 2023? Is it a hundo? Probably. Please say a (laughs) hundred.
1: You're gonna make me look really. (laughs) I'm
0: gonna gonna say probably a hundred.
2: I'm. 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 I I guess it depends how close you are to this person. If it's family, right? If it's like your niece or nephew, uh, your your godchild or something, then you better stack in some more cash. You go. Uh, If it's somebody you're closer with, uh, a hundo. If it's just some random, like you're just dropping in by, maybe you can go. Maybe you can go. Fifty and be that guy, but I would say a is probably safe.
1: It's definitely a hundred dollars. And Chuck just hit on the conversation that you and I had in person just yeah. a few days ago, <laughs> where I was explaining, like, all right, I look back, like, family, my godson, I gave X amount of dollars, and it was all right. I can't give someone else more than what I gave my guy go- or equal to. That was my godson, and that was just two years ago, or one year ago, or, or was it was a year ago. So I was like, all right, a hundred sounds good, like, because what eighteen year old? It's a hundred bucks, man. It's Here you go. Here you go. Here's a hundred bucks. So I think a hundred is the right answer.
0: I agree with you guys, but what bothers me about it is I think that a hundred was the appropriate gift when we're graduating from high school, you know, almost 30 years ago and a hundred dollars is worth less than it was then. There's no doubt about that. So we're kind of screwing these kids. All right. We're not done talking about money yet though. Chuck, this is your opportunity to be the judge. Okay. Denko and I both gave Baby Iceman the same amount of money in our cards over the weekend. Denko gave Baby Iceman a check. I gave Baby Iceman a series of twenties. Denko, defend your position.
1: My position, and I hope he's listening right now, is in writing the <laughs> check. I feel like the eighteen-year-old might not have any any course of action to do anything else with that check other than let his parents cash it. So I'm thinking, all right, Tommy. Here you go. You want that hundred bucks, or are you going to give it to your son? I don't know which, uh, but I'm going to let that up to you. So I, I felt like it was like uh, a little bit of a maybe. Maybe there's a potential bonus for the uh, the basement, the basement there at Burke's. About
0: <laughs> my theory was it's his gift. I don't want to give him a hundred dollar bill because it's too hard for a kid to break. Uh, I'm not going to give him a check because I'm not sure he knows what to do with a check. I'm not even sure it's a thing anymore. Um, so I gave him 20s because I thought those were going to be easy for him to use. Chuck, who did it right? You did it right, Gerbs. Uh, for for the reason I knew it. for
2: the well, for the reasons you're mentioning, I, I don't think most 18, 17, 16-year-old kids know what know what a check is. I do think, however, that the hundred dollar bill is it's a it's a major event. It should be one bill. Or I'm assuming you could have cash apped or or paypal or apple cash i I assume that's how money moves a lot now um i know i use all those things but i would assume maybe tommy didn't send you guys a qr code on the way that you could have (laughs) man that's a really good idea that's a a fantastic idea (laughs) but i think gerbs gerbs is in the right there any any major life events weddings graduations
0: it's a cash thing so uh, you got to keep it with the cash All right, which of these would be the worst graduation gift? An inspiration rock. It's a rock with some sort of inspirational words painted on it. Um, Be bold, be brave, be unafraid is available on Etsy for only $6.75. Next one, a magazine subscription. You can get Time Magazine right now for an entire year for only $19. (laughs) Uh, Next one, Legos. For an elementary school graduate, how is that even a thing? How is anybody graduating from elementary school? Last one, a charity donation in a graduate's name. Uh, a donation to the Human Fund is always a generous <laughs> yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. Which of these would be the worst graduation gift for an 18-year-old?
1: Oh, man. I, they, they're all awful for an 18 year old without a doubt. I think the worst one to give though, would be the rock. Cause that rock's gonna get thrown through your windshield <laughs> as you're driving away from that party. And, and some of these 18 year olds, like the one we the party we just attended, they have, you know, hoses for you know, a cannon for an arm. So uh, yeah. there's no doubt he would have put that thing right through my windshield. So that's probably the most dangerous gift. They're all terrible. You can't give 18 year olds, any of those things, even worse than my check that i knew was a mistake as soon as i <laughs> but I had least, no cash on
2: least, me <laughs> i would say at least the rock is tangible you're giving something you're going to get it back take, real it, quick.
1: take it to college <laughs> yes. Yes. yeah where do want to
0: be bold and brave
1: <laughs> you could set it on top of this pile of 20s that gerber got you so yeah that's right away. so they don't blow away
2: <laughs> but if you're if you're donating a monetary value to a charity to me as, as somebody as an 18 year old i'd be super pissed about that so uh that's that's the worst one the rock is a close second though.
0: i really think it's the magazine subscription i'm not even sure what an 18 year old kid today would know what to do with a magazine like why is this pile of paper keep arriving at my door like, i don't want this thing i honestly can't believe you can still get magazine subscriptions like How many old people are still hanging out ordering time that they even have this option instead of just going on the website, uh, moving on. What is the best food to have at a graduation party?
2: Ooh. Um, I'm going to go with, um, uh, dark horse here. I'm going to go with macaroni salad. It's filling. It's hearty. It's enjoyable. It's summer. You're supposed to eat it as long as it's not sitting out too long with the mayonnaise and stuff. But mac salad you can fill up on especially if you're if you're staying and drinking you may as well fill that belly up so go there that's
0: a really good one
1: i'm i'm thinking along the lines of like a slow cooked meat of some sort so like pulled pork pulled chicken something like that and just a bunch of uh you know sandwich rolls next to it and you just pile it on a sandwich and sit down and 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 eat that because it's it it takes time but it's one of those things you just you can make in, in mass quantity and have a huge vat of it right as you go up and and, and feed yourself so i'm gonna go that that route and and the burks did pretty well with the mini sandwiches that was pretty good
0: damn it I think I had,
1: sorry i don't i, I don't <laughs> have the itinerary in front of me
0: i'm just oh you know i get I a know. turn who <laughs> are you you had one <laughs> sorry that. I was going to go with the mini sandwiches. I think that that's perfect. They're they're easy to eat. They're not messy, you know, because you're standing a lot at one of these things. You're, you're only getting like a little paper plate to hold it on quick, easy. You can eat like a million of them. Um, so it can kind of go the entire day without getting too full as you're drinking and eating your macaroni salad. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go with the little sandwiches moving on. Let's talk a little music, music you need at a graduation party. First things first. The Iceman made the decision not to play any music at the party this weekend, not even Rush. What do you think of that call?
1: I can't believe it. Like, if there was ever an opportunity for him to just force feed Rush to the next generation, it was that night, right? And he, he just took, didn't take advantage of it. I didn't think about it at the moment, but now that to reflect on it, I feel like it was a missed opportunity, and perhaps he should have another party. It's un acceptable. <laughs>
2: Any gathering of two or more people, no matter what it is, music should be playing uh, somewhere. And anyway, I we were, we were taking the kids for a walk yesterday, a Sunday, and somebody in my neighborhood was having a graduation party. They had a two-man band. They had two guys playing acoustic guitar Whoa. for hours. Oh, yeah. Wow. Tenacious D. Yeah. And they're <laughs> yeah. pretty much, but they were just like, we walked by. I was like, hey, everybody have any requests? This is like, oh, and then he just played Sweet Home Alabama. And I'm like, you're blowing your nut too soon, man. This party's <laughs> going on. Uh, but yeah, it's unacceptable. You got to have music at a graduation party.
0: I agree. So I had you guys listen over the last couple days to the Spotify graduation playlist. Which do you think was the most appropriate song for a graduation party that was on the list? The Climb by Miley Cyrus. We Are the Champions by Queen, Good Riddance, Time of Your Life by Green Day, Memories, Maroon 5, or Time by Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, wait. The assholes at Spotify didn't include that one in the playlist. (laughs) Talk about a missed opportunity. Anyway, most appropriate song.
2: Uh, Green Day. As much as I'm not a huge fan of that song, it's... Surprisingly older than you thought because I was obviously re watching Seinfeld and they use it. And I'm like, that song's that old, yeah, Uh, yeah, it was in the last episode, yes, right? Timeless, um, which is weird to say about any Green Day song, even though they're a pretty good band. That's the probably the best one on that list,
1: Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Oh, that wasn't an option, but that was the best.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Uh, that's fine. Hey, that's on there, yeah, that was it. Was
1: on there. I I would agree with Chuck of, of your options. Uh, the Green Day song seems like that's the best and most appropriate song given the the graduation theme
0: i agree with you guys a hundred percent it's a green day song that one is just made for a party like that and for like some sort of like slow montage of like waving goodbye to your friends and stuff like that as (laughs) as high school ends and you move on all right how about the worst choice on the spotify playlist there's a song on there um called dog days are over by florence and the machine and one of the lyrics is, the dog days are over. The dog days are done. The horses are coming. You better run, which is not exactly an inspirational message heading into adulthood. Uh, next one, Life is a Highway by Rascal Flats. I do not know who at Spotify Rascal Flats fed to keep getting this version on playlists <laughs> <laughs> instead of the Tom Cochran original version of the song. Uh, next one, Doses and Mimosas by Cherub. I'm not sure Spotify should be promoting underage mimosa drinking. Last one, Sign of the Times by Harry Styles, which includes the lyric, you can't bribe the door on your way to the sky. You look pretty good down here, but you ain't really that good, which is basically the musical equivalent of the drunk uncle at the graduation party turning to the graduate and saying, do you think you're better than me? <laughs> which one of these songs was the worst choice on this playlist?
1: Man, I don't know. That That's a hard thing to answer. Those were the... Those were the songs that I as I listened to this playlist that I just skipped, they came out like oh this doesn't fucking make sense. These are terrible. Uh, especially when I heard the Rascal Flats rendition of Life is a Highway. I was I wasn't paying attention to my phone at the time, so the music came on. I knew what song it was. I'm like, wait a minute, something's off here. And I thought they were about to start playing one of the theme songs from Peacemaker <laughs> because it sounded like that rather than the actual song. So that the song's all right. The the singer was inappropriate inappropriate but um we're sung, man i don't know where the doses and mimosas like why is that on this list i have no idea i'll choose that one
2: i have three words next to doses and mimosas and it's hot jam alert i put that in a playlist after i heard that song i'm like this is great i don't know if it makes sense uh, I'm going to sit on Life is a Highway too because I hate both versions of that song equally. Oh. Yes. Yeah. So whenever it comes up, I'm just like, oh gosh. So that's just the worst song there. But don't sleep on doses and mimosas. <laughs> I'm going to listen to it again.
0: We're going to do an entire segment next week (laughs) on the original life is a highway by Tom because it's fantastic. I'm going with sign of the times by Harry styles. It seems very much like it's about like death and stuff like that, which is the opposite feeling you want at a high school graduation party. When young man or young woman is about to go off and, you know, do something big, hopefully in college or whatever. Anyway, fellas, we are out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning that last week, Lance Armstrong made a statement against the use of additional testosterone by athletes with that news that Armstrong was also recently named the pottiest pot to ever call the kettle black. I hope you guys have a great week and let's get together and do this again real soon.
1: And then the second tier hitting about 270, 275.
0: That's... Did you lose Phil too? Yeah. Well, he's oh, he's frozen. Man. There. He oh, is. no. There They're you back. go. There you hey. hey. Yeah. Hey, Phil. Hey, guys.
1: <laughs> my internet connection's unstable. I've never gotten that. That's usually my thing
2: actually over here.
1: Hold on. I am on my 5G connected, secure. All right. We're just going to keep rolling here. Where all right let's I'll start over. Is it sustainable?
0: Yeah. yeah. The Angels GM came out this week and said the team would not be trading Shohei Otani would not be trading Shohei Ohtani this week. This god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> or time by Hootie and the Bluefish. Bluefish, you dumb fuck. (laughs) Bluefish. Podcasting (laughs) up here. What are you doing? It is? It's just me and Chuck right now. Danko's on his way back. Okay. Good night.
2: Was that a th- was that three? One do you guys yeah. three? Is that your thing? One, two, three. Always
0: three. Always three. Yeah. It's great. Gets Me to be like I... a fight sometimes. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's <laughs> only two. What are you mad? Like, what the fuck is going on? Me and Whitney have a
2: kissing routine as well. Hey, babe, what is it? The Gerbers, when he she was saying goodnight to him, kissed him like three times. I'm like, we have a three time thing too. Uh it's cheek cheek. Oh, well, we're lips. doing four now. <laughs> yeah, well, you can have it. I involve yeah, we do cheek cheek and then lips. Oh. Yeah. All right. Nice. It's like the equivalent of a guy handshake, right? <laughs> yeah. You have your yeah. old routine.
0: Ooh. One of the highlights for me was um, when I was standing near him, and he had to uh, he had to play host. Yeah. And so, like, some like a new couple came in, oh. like an older couple like a grown-up couple like us yeah um and uh tom has a different voice for them it's all like high pissing hi how you doing <laughs> i'm like do you guys just hear this he's got a different voice for like normal people than he does for us <laughs> i
1: have a guardian starting pitching question uh logan allen did he get hurt New Logan Allen, he only threw four innings in his last start and gave up two hits, but he was yanked after four innings.
0: Boy, I don't know. You know, I noticed that too when I was looking through the the stats today to to put the MVG thing together. I don't know what happened. I
1: didn't see or read it. Supercomputer time. (laughs) I'm 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 pulling up right now. Like it just seemed odd to me. Like he was he was he had given up two hits over four innings. Why wouldn't he come out to pitch the fifth inning? You know. I, I didn't. I couldn't find anything. I, you know. Yeah. No. There's nothing.
0: Oh, you know w- what? You know what it was? Uh, that was the, that was the day game against Oakland. It was the one they played in the afternoon.
1: The Thursday and, game. Yeah.
0: And what happened was, um, he was at like eighty-five pitches or something like that. Oh. Like he just the innings were just really wow. long. He was uh, throwing
1: a lot of a lot of yeah, deep he was in, throwing a ton of deep in counts. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right, good. Cause I was like, geez, if he got hurt, like that's not
0: what we need right now. <laughs> the, yeah, no, the, no, the no, young no, no. guys that yeah. are pitching
1: well. Okay. All right. So he's I all right. I forgot. Good.
0: I watched it. Hey, how about some Philippines versus Sweden men's lacrosse? Oh, Whoa. no, <laughs> world <laughs> championship pool play. World? Oh, we're oh, co- we're covering this. Play. It's not even a real thing yet. Pool play. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck pool play, man.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to leave SVP on and see what happens. I, uh, oh, I, I, the the Braves beat the Twins tonight already. We're off to a good start. Yeah.
0: Hey. (laughs) Only a game and a half out now.
1: A slow, slow, steady pace at the party, as exactly. it should be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 And we, we yeah, burned yeah. off whatever we had playing basketball with a six year old and an eighteen year old or a seventeen year old.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought I told Chuck I thought his text today was like the funniest thing of the day. The, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, I'm a menace. You're that, a menace. That's fucking yeah. hilarious. Yeah. You break his nose.
1: Well, I didn't even I didn't even think of that as we were playing as his dad. I didn't think like, oh, wait a minute. I'll guard Gil- Dylan uh Gerber's gonna break your nose yeah keep him away <laughs> away from no. your children Chuck Matt Dylan was guarding Gerber and Miller Matt Miller senior from the, damn from, it. the from damn deep, it. way back <laughs> deep in the stands uh commented on their their
0: uh the height advantage that my six-year-old had <laughs> oh yeah oh it was great he he yelled at Dylan go cover Gerber you're taller than him <laughs> you're taller than him <laughs> <laughs> oh that was great and then i proceeded to uh throw a no look pass to denko because denko was on my team that bounced off of the table on burke's back porch where like four moms <laughs> were sitting like oh, eating and good. having their drinks yeah yeah that was pretty good
1: <laughs> oh man that was a blast though and, and honestly like i i was thinking about it afterward like that like i that that doesn't happen right like i get my my kids get to play sports with any of yeah. us, right? Like
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's the why that, that party is so that much was fun.
1: awesome, man. That was great. And I'm glad my six year old took to that. You know, like that was yeah. that was a good time. That was fun. He's still been he's talking shit every day since.
0: Yeah, okay. I'll figure something. I, I have a feeling we'll do it Sunday. I'll figure right. out I'll I'll find a place to do it here. I'll um well, I'll figure out something okay okay all right good day right. hey Hi brothers hey. here we are early 12 26 i'll tell you That's what working. we're a lot more efficient when we start at 10 30 uh, than we are when we start at 9 or not
2: start at 11
1: oh god don't say that <laughs> oh,
0: I... yeah fucking dylan, uh, dylan. as soon <laughs> as i sent that
1: text tonight like dylan's sleeping i'm leaving right now i moved he looked at me and he like got all like quivery lip like you're leaving i'm like all right buddy it's
0: all right fall yeah. back to sleep i won't leave yet <laughs> I got it. Yeah, oh, well, stop talking shit about basketball, Dylan. Maybe I'll <laughs> wait until you go to sleep. <laughs> uh, all right, man. boys. All right, guys. All right, good. Uh, right. Good night. Good deal. Good night, good time. You guys. Love you, fellas. Love, Love you, too.
1: you. Later. Bye. What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a
2: clown
1: here to amuse you.